Welcome to Change of Plans. I'm Andres Zuleta. On Change of Plans, we feature stories of resilience and reinvention, interviewing entrepreneurs and other creative individuals who have found fun and inspiring ways to adapt to sudden unexpected challenges. My guest today is Phil McNitt. Phil is Director of Sales and Marketing at Modern Times, a highly creative, employee-owned craft brewery. When the coronavirus derailed their booming business with locations in San Diego, LA, Oakland, and Portland, Oregon, Phil and his team had to act fast to try and keep everyone on staff. I am super excited uh, to have you here today because I'm really excited about what Modern Times is doing. And also, on a personal note, it's one of my favorite local beers here in San Diego. Oh, nice. I, I love it. Flattery will get you everywhere. <laughs> so try and pinpoint the moment when you and your team at Modern Times realized that whatever you had been doing until that point wasn't going to work anymore. Yeah. So probably about like a week or so before kind of like this day of home orders and stuff really started to come to pass. Um, some of our leadership kind of got, got together and sort of put together like a brief outline of what was going to happen. And we had no idea. <laughs> like, like there, it, it, I, I still have that information and I had it briefly as like my, my, my bookmark, um, like where my Slack channel would hit to just, just by coincidence. And I was, I was looking back on it, like maybe like two weeks ago and I was like, Oh, how naive we were. Um, but yeah, pretty much a lot of our early estimation was like, all right, we're going to do everything we can to kind of create a space that is like, seems hygienic and safe. Uh, and it hadn't really crossed our mind that we wouldn't have any sort of retail space available to us like whatsoever. So basically you didn't quite anticipate the the scope of of the challenge. Yeah, the scale and scope was like far beyond like our knowledge whatsoever. Um, we kind of had, had like begun to like look at a few different options, you know, for like alternative paths for revenue, you know, particularly like beer shipping, things like that. Um, but I even remember like our early conversations there were kind of like tiptoeing around the fact of like, oh, do we have to do this what's you know like there was just that that initial kind of like you know anytime like ideas are flowing in a company where you know you're they're getting vetted by like a number of different parties based on you know different departments sort of like feeling um whereas like a week later uh that whole switch like changed over to like we have to make this happen no matter what in the shortest period of time possible what can we do okay so that moment came to pass and you know i've been aware that um, you've been finding kind of various ways to try and generate revenue, you know, during this highly unusual time. Tell me a little bit about the process of, you know, your team brainstorming and vetting ideas and, you know, deciding which ideas to pursue most. Yeah, I think that we were, you know, in a better position than some folks based on kind of what our business plan already looks like even before any of this like took place. So our, our business plan is kind of segmented into three different pieces. So we have our wholesale beer, which is basically all of the beer that goes from a to the distributor out to your retailers into chain grocery, things along those lines. Um, and, you know, kind of the, the huge hit on that front was just the immediate loss of all keg beer sales. Um, the other like portion of our business is the retail properties, which was probably the, the biggest hit for us and which is a, a huge amount of our, our total of our revenue. And then the third piece of our business is we actually have a membership club and we do a monthly online sale for. So the benefit of that one was at least that we already had like a, you know, very active 
um, both community of members that we have on our league of party goers and elegant people, uh, as well as already having like the infrastructure for like a Shopify store that was built up, you know, so it became more about like, how do we create an alternative plan for this based on what we were kind of hearing as whatever the advisory came down from the state. So it's like, all right, if we can sell beer to go, but it has to be, you know, at our tasting rooms, we can't have anyone there. How can we quickly build up a to go program, which was one of the first ones that we did. And then kind of the California shipping was probably one of the second ones really early, like within that first basically week or so we were able to kind of get those things up and running. Um, and thankfully a lot of that was because we had that infrastructure in place. So take me back to, you know, what you look back on as your kind of charming, naive, original ideas <laughs> of how this would all play out. And the moment when, you know, as a team, you were all like, wait a second, we were so wrong. Yeah, definitely. So it was basically when the, the advisements kind of came down uh, about like what was going to be open and not open. And it was, it was a pretty big just shock to, to the system, you know, like it became quickly like, how do we interpret this information quickly? And how do we set sort of like a guiding principle during this? Um, for those who are just not really as familiar with our company, you know, we're employee owned. Um, that is like very important to our principles. So the first and foremost like mission statement we had internally was that our goal was continuity of employment for everyone that was on staff. So that became immediately like a lens to look at the problem. Um, the challenge was, is like, how do we keep that going? <laughs> Which I'm sure we'll expand on during this, but it definitely was like, Oh, oh crap, you know, instead of like just worrying about like this being like a 10% shift of like revenue, all of a sudden it became uh, some segments of the company hitting just like a absolute zero. Right. So I think that, you know, the fact that you're employee owned gives you a really unique perspective because as we all know, some companies, you know, the first thing they do is let people go. Yeah, definitely. It's it's been like i would say tough in the first sense of just like all right how do we how can we kind of like build a structure there and you know first things that we did to look at that was just kind of shift our like full just like the way that we looked at our business analytics away from kind of like traditional p l and stuff and kind of just looking at cash on hand um we actually have a really good blog post on our website uh, moderntimesbeer.com that kind of details some of the, the small business strategies we thought of because we wanted to get that out to the world pretty quickly uh, in terms of like the positivity of it, it's just been incredible to see how eager and excited every person, even if their job has suddenly shifted into a totally different space or what they're doing is no longer available, just how much creativity they've had. Like a lot of the ideas for things that we've done have come from um, just different folks across the company. You know, we've been doing, you know, beyond kind of the stuff I mentioned, selling stuff offline, we've been doing things like our art team has been doing a custom doodle for $40 that you can buy on our on our social media. Uh, and we were blown away by just how successful that was. And you know, even though they couldn't come into work, they were still able to kind of create this totally outside of what we would think of being like an idea to generate revenue just out of, out of nowhere. So it's been cool to see that the employee ownership piece has folks like overly eager to like try to think of everything possible and have that kind of all hands on deck mentality. Yeah, and we'll share a link to the blog post you mentioned in the show notes because I saw that and I thought it was such a useful useful resource for, you know, different types of small businesses. So if you had to pinpoint 
you know, one specific kind of, I guess, pivot that you've made in the wake of all of this that has maybe been the most impactful in terms of just business success? You know, like you mentioned, you've had to kind of change from focusing on PLs to just cash on hand. But what would you say has been the most kind of impactful for you? Yeah, I'd say beyond things that existed as like, you know, stuff that was there before, like, you know, the the league membership, like monthly sales and stuff have been incredibly successful and a big part of it. But outside of that existing framework, I would say like that beer shipping in California um, has definitely um, just helped out tremendously, you know, being able to get that to folks and just having people who are excited to help contribute and kind of, I think, see their favorite breweries on there, uh, offering something up and kind of just being like, all right, cool, I'm down. And I've, I've been lucky to have the same experience with some of my favorite breweries being, like, oh, cool, these guys are offering it. I'm going to do what I can. Also, I have nothing else to do than sit around and drink a bunch of beer. So this is perfect. <laughs> um, yeah, you mentioned that, you know, you had had some parts of your business basically go to zero for reasons that were outside of your control and that people from your team have had to kind of shift their roles can you give me an example of, without naming names necessarily, but a specific person or a specific team that has just completely had to shift what they're doing? Yeah, I think the hospitality in, in general, you know, like before that, like our hospitality department, you know, there was you know, kind of a, a little bit of separation between folks that were doing bar staff stuff, you know, people who were kind of like bartenders at each location versus folks who were kind of like handling our, what we call our mini marts, you know, which is where we're doing beer to go, coffee to go, everything on that front. Um, I think those folks did a huge, huge job of, um, you know, kind of like just basically volunteering to covering those other positions. You know, everyone kind of had to work hand in hand to help us out with figuring out pickups, you know, which our, our main goal is to do this safely and then also be able to have folks come in and help us out with it too. So they were pretty quick to be like, hey, I want to come help. I realize I'm going to have to be interacting with people. I know we're going to create an environment that's incredibly safe. But, you know, I, you know, care about this company and want to help out and do something and be there. So that that was really cool to see. The sales team have been doing, like, the customer deliveries. Um, I mean, it's hard to even pinpoint one because I feel like everyone has, like, shuffled, like, two steps to left into, like, either something they've never done before, like, that we've never done as a company, or something that they've just never done personally within the business itself. So going back to the fact that you mentioned that until this all started happening. You didn't necessarily have to focus on cash on hand so intensely, but how has your measure of success shifted, you know, in the past few weeks? Yeah, I think that's that's one of the the best ways that we've we've changed that KPI, right? Instead of being like, all right, because we're a pretty fast growing company, like how close are we getting to things like Anaheim, which is something that we're in process of opening now, you know, how are we, you know, working on the financing across the board for that? You know, what is you know, the relationship with those lenders, which obviously is incredibly important. And one of the first things that we did during this process was to, you know, look at, talk to those folks and stay in incredibly close touch to make sure that we can find some other ways of, um, you know, either deferring payments for, you know, some, some of the, what's going out the door cash-wise on that front. Um, and so, yeah, basically those days on hand, uh, one of the things we did pretty early on too was, you know, we basically brought everyone down to that California minimum salary level, you know, to make sure that we weren't, going to have to, you know, make any painful moves like layoffs for folks that were hourly part-time, anything like that. So basically everybody, you know, through our CEO, president, everything, uh, we're all at that same 
same level, we've slowly kind of like inched that up a bit, you know, for from being at that California minimum up to where it is at now, which is, you know, 70 or so around that point. Wow. Okay. That's, yeah, that's, I mean, that's amazing that everyone did that. And I think that's really impactful. We're a bunch of hippies, man. <laughs> oh, I love it. So, you know, going back to the very beginning, from my perspective, I think that you all are doing an amazing job. But if you had to kind of find something in the last few weeks that you would have done differently, is there anything that, you know, with the clarity of hindsight that you would have done a little bit differently? Um, you know, I think some of those things like shipping and other plans, maybe trying to get those out a little bit sooner. You know, I think that if we had maybe put a little bit more emphasis and energy into that, like a few weeks before things kind of went down, I think we'd be in a better position. You know, right now there's some limitations on like product type and variety that we're able to kind of send through those channels. Another thing that I wish we started earlier is our coffee department, you know, and, and it's an idea that's not not unique to them originally, but you know, we started doing the donations for healthcare professionals for basically cold brew and like a pastry. And that has been just awesome to see both like the response from, you know, folks who are excited to donate and then also the responses from the folks that we've been able to donate to. So kind of getting both those things off the ground earlier, uh, I think would have been just even, even better across the board. So how are you, how are you all, you know, trying to plan for the future these days because there's still a lot of uncertainty so you know with all of the uncertainty how do you plan and also try and make you know projections into the future yeah so we were, we've been kind of working on that a lot this week i think one of the complexities of like the size of our business and obviously the scope of it is that we are operating especially like our wholesale side of things in so many different states with you know so many different you know decision making and governing bodies there they're going to kind of affect what those timelines look like so on that end of things, you know, we've been working with our sales management, um, basically kind of like on revised forecasts, which is, you know, forecasting is like a crystal ball that is already a difficult task to do, but like allows us to, you know, at least have some sort of pinpoint for this as we look at like what we need to figure out. So they're working on that side. Our, you know, hospitality team really early on already had like a really nice like three week basically countdown to like reopen and different measures that that could look like under different circumstances. So kind of like forecasting that side of the business, trying to see what that looks like, which honestly is in some ways even more difficult are kind of two, two biggest puzzles that we're working on right now, you know, and we're hoping that, you know, as we're seeing small incremental like ramp up of, of on-premise business that we'll at least get a little bit more of those wholesale revenues going which tend to be a pretty large chunk of our business as a whole do you see you know some of the kind of new endeavors that have come up for example the doodles you mentioned do you you know do you see any of these kind of new ideas sticking around if things kind of go back to normal that's a good question. I think yeah I think for sure I think the the environment was really cool to be in um, from like a brainstorming perspective, it was just so much faster of getting to like, yes for things because it was like, whatever we can do, you know, normally there's like a prioritization and there's already a lot on people's plates. Uh, and you know, that's still true in this environment, but it, it was kind of great to see like how fast, like quick, I, like good ideas would like float to the, to the top, like that kind of, you know, imagination buoyancy is pretty rare. Um, so I imagine things like that will maintain, you know, we've done a really good job with like other ideas on that front. You know, we had a, Modern Times puzzle we just we just sold, which was went, went excellently and I think kind of fit the, the setting as people are doing tons of puzzles. Um, so yeah, I think it will probably forever change some of the scope of 
ways that we look at ideas and ways that we look at even kind of communicating and relating to a customer. I mean, I don't, it's like hard to say because it's so early, but it's, you know, something like this has got to be felt generationally, you know, for a while. Like I think people will be a little different because of it. You know, hopefully some of those things, you know, we're able to, you know, at least have some good ideas to kind of help me. So to make people feel more comfortable. I mean, you're very lucky, I think, that to be surrounded by, you know, such a creative environment. What advice would you give to other breweries and just businesses in general that are feeling a little more stuck and having trouble, you know, coming up with these outside of the box solutions? Yeah, I mean, I think just creating that environment in the space and giving people a chance, you know, could be anyone on that team. And I know people have been even more isolated from each other and from collaborative environments. So how, however, that makes sense for, you know, their businesses out there, if they're able to, you know, kind of assume call, get on there. Um, one of the things that's like an important piece for us is that we've done before is, you know, fearless brainstorming just as a concept for some of the communication, you know, some meetings that are, like less about like very specific outcomes and more about broad based. So it's like, all right, you spend your first 20 minutes. Everyone says any idea. You're not allowed to say why something can't, you know, logistically be feasible or is a bad idea. Like there's no, there's no space for any like of, of, of shooting an idea down to kind of create that space of confidence and then kind of writing everything in piece on there. And then kind of that second half of a meeting, you know, however long that may be being able to kind of go through and start from there to kind of revise and pick through, you know, and I think we try to do our best of, you know, having as much democracy and good ideas kind of open kind of the floodgates for us. Um, and that's proved, I mean, I think in this setting has proved like to be incredibly, incredibly helpful. I love it. Fearless brainstorming. It's a great concept. Have you found that, um, that drinking beer has helped inspire more ideas? <laughs> Drinking modern times beer has helped inspire more ideas. <laughs> uh, I mean, you teed that one up for me so well. I don't know. It's been, it's definitely been interesting, like even on like personal consumption habits. Like, all right, you know, I feel like in some ways, it, you know, working in Everton beer for, for a long time and it's something I love and I'm deeply passionate about. But I think even being just like stuck in my house, I realize what such a like, small tiny vacation a beer can be you know for your face like what small like kind of pleasure there is there and I think that's kind of happened across the board for me for for different things in my life so I found that like I'm like enjoying that ritual of like oh let me crack this beer let me like really nerd out about it like just taking just having like a little bit more space for like this like enjoyment thing that I think working in the beer industry like I was so surrounded by that I didn't necessarily enjoy to its, its full extent awesome so how can listeners support you in modern times? Yeah, um, if you guys are listening and you guys want to kind of help us out over at the brewery, uh, if you go to our website, you can find that we do beer shipping in California, like I mentioned, as well as we do coffee for anywhere. If you're listening across the, the globe, uh, we're doing our, you know, continuing to do the donations for, you know, uh, different frontline healthcare workers in the county. We're doing it also in LA and Portland. Uh, I think those are three like excellent avenues to just do anything you can to kind of help us out. Thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, thank you for having me. Check the show notes for links to learn more about Modern Times and their fun and creative projects. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend and leave us a review wherever you listen to podcasts. 
To get our newest episodes every Tuesday and Friday, make sure to hit subscribe. That's all for today. Thanks for tuning in.